Hi, friends, and welcome to Screen Vomit, the only movie podcast for normal people. I'm, of course, your host, Kayla, and I do have a guest with me today. But before I get to that, um, if you like the show today, you can find me on Instagram and everywhere else at Screen Vomit, one word on all the things. I also have a Patreon now, patreon.com slash Screen Vomit, and I recently revamped that, so there will be lots more cool crap coming that way soon. Um And getting to my guest. So my guest today is comedian Kyle Ayers. Kyle is a stand-up. He has an album on Spotify currently called Happiness that's very funny. He also is the host of one of my fave movie podcasts. So for all you little movie weirdos out there, uh, or non-movie weirdos, uh, it's called Never Seen It. And that's just a great podcast. You should check it out. And also check out this up here. All right, I'm here with Kyle Ayers. Welcome to the show. Hello. It, it will never not be jarring, no matter how many times do we understand how a podcast works, <laughs> for, for everyone to like talk and then be like, hello. <laughs> but I've been here for a couple minutes. I told you my nose was bleeding. Yeah, hello again. <laughs> yeah. Mid-combo. <laughs> this, it, this, this may be the only thing that is better about remote recordings is it's a little less awkward than if you're in person and you talk for like 15 minutes and then you sit down and you go, hello, it is good to see you. And you're like, we've been <laughs> here. We carpooled here. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I've been doing this podcast for like mm, three years, but mm-hmm. I used to have a co-host before this. Um, and we were in different states, so we've always been remote, Ooh. even before pandemic. Ahead of the curve. Yeah, so I was a pro at remote before yeah. it became like a thing everyone did. <laughs> yeah, you should have got it. You should have bought stock in Zoom, not just been like <laughs> thinking about using it. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So, famously, you have a podcast where you talk about movies you haven't seen, you and Correct. other people haven't seen. So, I would like to know what is your relationship with movies that you have seen. <laughs> So I tend to uh, rewatch things a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have a a hesitant, I don't know why I'm hesitant to jump into something new. I generally always end up loving it, Mm -hmm. especially when everyone's like, you will love this. Yeah. Like, so we're talking about today, Arrival, I've probably seen eight times. Um, Wow. I just, it's, it's in, sometimes I just kind of put it on and watch a little bit of it all the way through in one sitting, probably four times. And then Mm -hmm. just like a half hour. Oh, it's on my recent watch. Oh, finish it here. That sort of thing for a bunch more. And that's how I am with a lot of things. So, I don't know. It's kind of a, um, I don't know. I didn't watch a lot of movies growing up. Right. And then I w- watched a lot doing getting a film degree and doing <laughs> film studies classes. Then you watch like those uh-huh. ones that you have to watch. And then I would go to the theaters for a while. And then I just kind of didn't, I yeah. guess. I don't know. I go see like one or two movies in theaters at a time. Um, but I don't know. I find the movies that I like. And then I really just tell people they're the only them. good ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're a movie monogamous. <laughs> sure yeah exactly exactly one movie at a time i, I yes the yeah. same with shows i can only be watching one to the frustration of like my girlfriend right now yeah i'm like okay, i don't want to watch that brag. i'm watching this you know what i mean yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, i can't watch i can't watch this with you because i'm watching this alone is like a very frustrating thing to say mm. to somebody but yeah. i can't multitask even if they're very different i yeah. couldn't watch like Ted Lasso and The Sopranos at the same time. I'm like, I just yeah. want to watch the one. One all the and way through. I'm. This is what I'm doing. This is my thing. It's like, mm. it's all just a venting function. So I don't want to be overwhelmed by it. Yeah. That's fair. So you grew up not really watching movies or TV that much. 
yeah. but then went to film school. So how did that happen? It just seemed easy. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it's because I started doing like some comedy stuff in college and I didn't really know what I went to school f- or went there to go do journalism and mm-hmm. didn't really like any of it, but I liked advertising stuff a little bit. But then I kind of just started doing some like fake news, not in, in like satire okay. news, not fake news in the terms. Where I started working for uh, CNN and <laughs> <laughs> I started doing like some satire news stuff because I liked The Daily Show. Mm-hmm. And then you sort of like see, well, that isn't a thing that exists in Missouri. So film is like the only thing. And I had a friend yeah. who was obsessed with movies and kind of started watching them from a bigger scope i suppose mm-hmm. you know when you're in, it's, it's a very typical like college thing to be like then i discovered scorsese and then i discovered <laughs> wes anderson you know yeah. like the like the dorm poster directors mm-hmm. and and like that and got into it but that's mm-hmm. kind of what happened a friend of mine todd sklar who's a filmmaker actually made a movie while i was in college mm-hmm. and put me in it and i thought that process was cool and uh so it just sort of all came from that i guess and it seemed easier than journalism, than writing. <laughs> Neither of which are um, feasible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I just, uh, I don't know. I, I, I never was at, liked any of the, I just, journalism fill stories make me feel insane. And they're like, <laughs> all right, go interview someone about their car. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I don't want to. You didn't get into this to write about cars. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, all right. So yeah, let's get into our movie today. You picked like you said, Arrival, mm-hmm. and you picked it because it's your fave. I love this movie. <laughs> I really love this movie. Yeah, so I'd never seen it. Did you watch it? Yes. Because <laughs> this would be pretty funny if you didn't. <laughs> like, so this is going to be a one-man inv- black box theater show. <laughs> I invited you to my podcast to actually do your podcast. That would be so funny. <laughs> that would I'm, be an incredible I'm, I'm not doing prank. it right now. What a flex. <laughs> to force you to do your podcast yeah. at the moment. <laughs> Yeah, that would be incredible. Um, But yeah, no, I'd never seen it. So uh, I did watch it for Mm. this occasion. Great. (laughs) Um, I guess I'll just run through the little bit of cast here real quick. This is directed, of course, by um, always sweating to say the name, Denis Villeneuve. (laughs) Sure. I think I did good. Yeah. Uh, On paper, uh, Denis Villanueva. Yeah, Uh, yeah. I listened to a a YouTube video of him saying his own name to try and get it because I didn't want to do what you did. People don't know this, but he pranked everyone by saying it wrong. (laughs) It's just like a classic thing. That would be a good prank. Just say your name differently every time, and then nobody ever knows. Yeah, especially if you have a. That sounds like like a Steve, a Zach Alphanakis or Steve Carell type of prank that they would just do for a long time. And it would be good. Yeah, it'd be solid. (laughs) Okay, so yeah, people mainly know him currently for doing the new Dune movie, I Mm -hmm. think, and famously Blade Runner 2049. Mm -hmm. This is written by Eric Heisserer, who wrote Bird Box and Final Destination 5. But but still watch this. (laughs) Please. I never watched Bird Box. I did watch all the Final Destinations. Bird Box felt like it was my podcast. Yeah. (laughs) Final Destination movies are, are fun and they are what they are, but yeah. 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 Um, and then we have starring Amy Adams, Jeremy Renner, Forrest Whitaker. Everybody knows these people. Mm-hmm. Um, and Johan Johansson did the score, who is like a famous composer, and he also did the score for Mandy, which we've done on Pod. So um, just a little cool credit there. And then for critic scores, this thing is out of the out of this damn world. Uh, 94% on Rotten Tomatoes, 88% Google users. Just great. So Everyone kind of liked it a lot. And it yeah. also... 
I I think I don't think it's pandery, but I think it is a uh, in. It's not like Beatty, I guess. It's not like award Beatty, but it's very mm-hmm. good. And those that those are movies I love. Yeah, I don't even I don't remember knowing about this movie at the time that it came like I don't I don't really remember any kind yep. of buzz around it or anything I mean that's just you know it was like peak Marvel you know they're like two this was like when they there were like two of those a year coming out right mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. um not quite to like the later Avengers game ones but these are like there's a lot of these Marvel it just wasn't I don't know this seems to happen to him with all of his movies mm-hmm. <laughs> where they're really really great not all of them mm-hmm. but he hadn't made a dune before to yeah. where people would be like oh from dune right at this point he'd made like prisoners and sicario which yeah. were pre- got a lot of attention but in this exact same way arrival did even and some yeah other blade runner was right after this mm-hmm. too so yeah he really, yeah, didn't have a huge one before this, huh? Uh, yeah, and even this, I think, made a lot of money, but still isn't, you know, I don't know. It's not Dune, <laughs> which I don't. I didn't see Dune. I, I assume it made a lot of money or a lot of people watched it or something, but it's, you know, super big and famous. And Probably a little bit of both. There's something about this movie that I always thought it, Amy Adams is one of my two or three favorite actors. Yeah. And, but it kind of, she's incredible in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, incredible. But I think that, for some about Jeremy Renner and Forrest Whitaker that always to me feel like they weren't the first ones asked. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I can see that. I can definitely see that. <laughs> and they, but they're both great in this as well. And it's funny that they had to have three stars in it. It's like there's is Scott two people in it. Yeah, and and then Forrest Whitaker is around. <laughs> yeah, he's around and doing. What is his accent in this movie? Oh, my have you army? pinned that one down? <laughs> I'm so intrigued by where that yeah. accent comes from. I was trying I, to place it. I looked up where he was from, which is Texas. Don't get Texas from that at all. <laughs> no. Maybe that was part of like the subtext of the movie is, do we even understand how we communicate? <laughs> and so Forrest Whitaker's like, I'm going to talk weird. <laughs> like, I'm going to make no sense. Do we even no know where we're from? <laughs> audibly. <laughs> that is a great um, interpretation. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's at least maybe what he told his agent. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just, but I do love it. Yo, can I, really... I be one of the aliens though? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you swing hard. Yeah. And the thing is you miss a lot when you do. But he's, you know, one uh, of the best actors as well. If you never reach for the stars, you'll never catch them or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he was saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so um, we can watch the trailer and then we can get into this movie. This is the day they arrived. The object touched down 40 minutes ago. Mama, what's going to happen? I don't know. Dr. Banks, you're at the top of everyone's list when it comes to translations. You hear any words? Is that? Yes. Am I the only one having trouble saying aliens? What do they look like? You'll see soon enough. They need to see me. Dr. Banks? Now that's a proper introduction. More objects have landed around the world. It's their language. Got 21 hours before they start global war. They're not our enemy. We need to talk to them. It's more complicated than that. How is it more complicated? Are you dreaming in their language? What does it say? Weapon. So how do we clarify their intentions? I go back in. What is she doing? You are committing an act of treason. Do you trust me? All right, so getting into this film, mm-hmm. 
This is based on a uh, a novella, Story of Your Life by Ted Chiang from 1998. So story came from there. Uh, I guess if we're starting in order, so the whole thing about this movie is that you don't understand how the timeline works and the time is kind of nothing and it's a circle and it's everywhere and whatever. So <laughs> is that a great explanation? Probably not, but... <laughs> yeah, it's what Interstellar thought it was doing. Yeah, I also didn't see Interstellar, so... That, then I'm even more right than, than the joke. <laughs> if, you, if, you can't, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm 100% accurate. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. I guess when we open this movie, it opens with Amy Adams talking about how the how time is weird. And we kind of see the timeline of her and her, what we think is her daughter's life, I guess, mm-hmm. from, from T to B, from born till dead. And I had watched Me, Earl, and the Dying Girl immediately before watching this. Have you seen that movie? No, I have not. It's about you know, a girl that gets leukemia and dies. It's a sick girl movie. But mm-hmm. uh, I watched that right before this, so it almost was like this was the sequel to that when this opened. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a fun day. That, that is an uplifting day. <laughs> so it was just um, an interesting transition into this yeah. film. But yeah, so her daughter does get sick and die. <laughs> sure, yes, yes, yes. She is a college linguistics professor, and her first, not her first day of college, the first time we see her go into college... Half her class is already missing or is noticeably absent and everyone's phone goes off. Uh, Mm -hmm. Every person has their ringer on during class. They tell her to turn on the TV to the news channel. She does and stands right in front of the TV blocking it from everyone. It's very great. (laughs) She's the only one who needs to know this information. (laughs) Uh, Which is when we learn that 12 spacecrafts have descended around the globe and nobody knows what they are, where they came from, if there's... If there's dudes inside, mm-hmm. nobody knows. What's your thoughts on aliens? You believe in aliens? Uh, gotta be. Gotta be. There's gotta be. Right? Even if it's, you know, there's gotta be. Maybe we're both too boring for them. Maybe they're not advanced enough and they're just whatever, single cell, barely celled organism. Gotta be. Gotta be. Gotta be. I agree. <laughs> um, just a numbers game. They never, though, I think throughout the movie, they never explain really why there were 12 spacecrafts, though. Mm-hmm. What do you think their reason for that is? It's a round number. Uh, maybe it's the age it uh, of the daughter when she died, and that's supposed Ooh. to be like that. Um, I think it, she's probably 10 or 12. I don't remember if they say exactly. I don't think they um, say. 12, a dozen. What's that make? There's 24 of these uh, guys, bros <laughs> podding around. <laughs> But 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 I don't know. Me and twenty four um, of my bros podding around. There has to be some. There has to be some meaning to it, or nothing. Brocation down to earth. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> I think something I really love about this movie is, hmm. I mean, it has a non-linear, non-typical, um, like atypical structure or whatever. But mm-hmm. it also doesn't treat you like an idiot. Yeah. And it doesn't overwhelm you with information that doesn't matter for the story it's trying to tell. Mm-hmm. Where lots of times sci-fi movies can get bogged down in non-essential vernacular. Mm-hmm. This doesn't, it doesn't matter. Why are they here? It doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, where did they come from? Does not matter. Honestly, if aliens showed up and landed, where they came from would barely matter. Like, that is true, yeah. Because once we, where'd you guys come from? Oh, clerk. Oh, we don't know what that is. I don't care why I asked you that. <laughs> It doesn't matter. That's like it's, an eighth tier, like... It's like an even yeah. crazier version where people are like, would you know, COVID came... I don't care where COVID came from at this mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't. If an alien showed up, 
I don't care. And this movie really is like you're dropped in. It does. It moves at a great pace, mm-hmm. and it think it knows that you can understand what it's trying to do because it does a clear job of telling it. But it's not dumb. True. They refer to this as dirty sci-fi, which is a term I'd never heard before. But I think mm. they define it as um, as like it's a normal day, and then like something sci-fi is happening versus like I understand you're living that. That in a sci-fi sense. world. You know versus, what I mean? Versus uh, uh, Dune, which is sci-fi. <laughs> I suppose I haven't seen it. Although Dune would be dusty sci-fi, just based on what I've seen. Um, but I know what Sandy Sai. Th- Sandy Sai. <laughs> yeah. Sandy Sai is us actually a girl I had a crush on in high school. Um, but I think Dune. Yeah. I understand the difference there. Uh-huh. I think I like dirty sci-fi the yeah. most. Yeah. I love even I when it's not that good. Annihilation, a movie that I don't know is oh, very yeah. good, is a movie that I really love. I love that movie too. What are, um, yeah. What are yeah. some of your faves? Annihilation. I can't any, think of any, any other examples. That's the only um, space movie you can right. think of. Well, <laughs> as far as like what would be Independence Day, I guess it would be considered mm-hmm. a dirty sci-fi movie. Okay. I love, I love something like that. But okay. yeah, those are good. Hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of any examples. There's a couple sort of sci-fi movies that I really love, and I'm always kind of searching for that vibe again. And this, this almost hits it. Um, but like Moon or High Life. Moon I love. Or Anyara. I don't know if you've seen that one. Oh, it's so good. Prospect. Sunshine. I, there, well, that's more sci-fi, sci-fi. Mm. But yeah, there's yeah. something to this. Yeah, we're on to something here. <laughs> so once these guys land, the government comes to see, the, just the capital G government. I don't really know what these people are yeah. or if they say, but they come to see if she can translate uh, the aliens. And they just kind of, uh, do they like play a tape for her and just go, Eh? Boy, really, we really take educators for granted until yeah. this is, that's actually probably a pretty big dirty sci-fi trope mm-hmm. is like taking edu- the government versus the intellectual, mm-hmm. um, which would be a brute force versus uh, uh, intellect, I guess. That yeah. comes up in, in Independence Day, in Muscles Annihilation, brains. in Arrival, right. It, what mm-hmm. are like a, a dirty sort of, I can't think of, uh, m- Moon, not really. No. But it does come up in a lot of these. Mm-hmm. I guess mm-hmm. that's a pretty common trope in all movies. But Yeah. And she seems to know just about any language there ever was, is. Yeah. Um, she's fluent in every possible language, which I guess is kind of a trope among linguists that was I maybe perpetuated by this film. People, I think to some people, they just see it. It's sort of like a music by ear type of thing. Mm. Maybe it's more mathematical in their head than it is to the regular person mm. just for people who can learn 15 or 20 languages at that point the language it it feels like it almost has to be binary to them like numbers or mm. how someone sees a key a, a piano different than i see a piano mm-hmm. and they can hear something and play it on a piano i think it just has to be a cognitive process that's different because there are some people that can just language they just yeah. pick them all up and that's insane that is true i don't know that that's necessarily something that's really attributed to linguists though i don't know i have a friend randomly who's getting a phd in linguistics so that's awesome <laughs> um i asked him about this movie and what his thoughts were on it so i have a yeah. couple of uh his thoughts I would, throughout yeah. but um but yeah he did he mentioned that that was like a, a big stereotype among in the field and um he says that most linguists might have a working knowledge of maybe one or two other languages um or some even like my friend only really know their native language and then just know like a bunch of random facts about other languages or maybe could pick something out but not really 
translated yeah. or something like that. So, But would they be the ones called on by the government if aliens <laughs> showed up? Or would it be this one person who understood all these languages? It's funny that they're like, we need someone who knows a bunch of languages mm-hmm. in America. Shit. Okay, there's one person. <laughs> There's one. Then, like Europe, they're like, get anyone. Yeah, everyone Any in Europe my kids is fluent know in like five three. languages. Yeah. But in the United States, they're like, there is a woman. She yeah. is a teacher. She is the only person who can help. They even sort of pit her against um, some other linguist guy who knows yeah. a bunch of languages. Yeah, she kind of flexes her little weenie at him. I mean, she's like, um, oh yeah, you think he's good? Ask him the Sanskrit word for war and what it means. <laughs> so petty. I wonder if there are like petty little arguments amongst uh, uh, like professionally educated. The only other time I can think Can't about this be. is like a movie like National Treasure. Like that. This is how she's behaving. Is like how that guy and Nicolas Cage are like fact often. Yeah. She's so cocky at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> and then. So, I mean, I'm assuming they do go and talk to this man and ask him, what do they just like knock on his door and be like, bang, bang, bang. What's the word for the Sanskrit word for war? Okay, bye. Because they they don't even ask her what the answer should be before they go. Yeah. (laughs) So they just come back to her basically ready to pick her up regardless Mm -hmm. of what her answer is. Yeah. Or, or were they just going to get her answer and then be like, that doesn't seem right. I'm going back to the From guy. her like super tight house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> her house is like only windows. Yeah. And it is always blue dusk yeah. <laughs> where she lives or blue dawn. There's never like joy or light. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, great house. They actually did a lot of um, temperature coding throughout the movie with, with the coloring. Mm-hmm. So, like, all of her normal life is, like, blue, cool colors. And then when she goes to her memory, or, well, what we think are her memories, which kind of are, that's fuzzy at this point in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, all that stuff is really warm and more glowy, yellowy mm-hmm. reds. That's part of why her house is always blue dawn and blue dusk. <laughs> because she doesn't like her life at that point when we see her yeah. there. She's lost everything. It's cold. It's sad. She hasn't had a husband yet. She already knows she's going to get screwed by the Academy and not get nominated for this movie. So that, that makes it all blue. Yeah. Yeah. Sad day for her. <laughs> she should have a few. Not the thing to get into. Not the reason we're here. She probably has shit by now, right? She has no. like Oscar. No, still not. Some noms, but if you give Philip Seymour Hoffman a fake hand job, you should get a trophy. <laughs> I don't know why it's like such a hard thing to understand. <laughs> she was really good in what was that Hillbilly Elegy? Did you see that movie? I did not. She's good enough. She's always. I good. mean, yeah, she's always good. But that was like even whatever that weird Netflix secret window fake movie she did. But that looked <laughs> terrible. I bet she's great in it. Yeah, <laughs> probably so. But I mean. Hillbilly Elegy was one of those ones where um, she like totally physically transforms kind of movies. Yeah. Anyway, that's not this movie, but she's very good in it. We should do a whole Amy Adams podcast. Yeah. We'll call it AA. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> okay, so they pick her up in the helicopter. They're mm-hmm. they're going to where was it? Montana. Mm-hmm. Montana, where this ship is montana also the site of the first contact between humans and aliens in star trek so Ooh. i don't know if that well, was meant to be a reference but kind of aliens to land in vast <laughs> open spaces where we have ton of access and minimal gun restrictions 
uh, <laughs> it's just nice of them. It's considerate versus if yeah. they landed uh, in Chicago and you're just bumping skyscrapers on their way down <laughs> and then the cold lake is there. True. They could have landed over the lake, though, or, yeah. you know, inland Illinois. Right. The Just the ultimate gentrification <laughs> is they're just <laughs> landing in a south side neighborhood. <laughs> Um, this is where we live now. Sorry. <laughs> Rent is going to go up uh, oh, yeah. into the sky. <laughs> so I think when we arrive at base camp, that's when we really get the shining of like the cinematography and like the visuals of this movie, um, which are gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's a beautiful movie. Watch it on a big screen. Listen to it with big speakers because the score is also really great. Yeah. The bigger the speakers, the better the sound. Classically. Yeah, <laughs> history will show. <laughs> or have good headphones. <laughs> yeah, I really liked the way that, that everything looked there. The The ship looks really cool. When they go into it, the sort of tunnel of it, the cave, Yeah, that's really cool too. It's just very gorgeous and sort of simple at the same it's time. It's a make or break movie for sci-fi how the fi is presented. Yeah. It is, you know, are the aliens, it's always it's why in lots of horror movies and sci-fi movies, it's a lot scarier until the alien shows up because mm-hmm. oftentimes the aliens are underwhelming or the monster is mm-hmm. underwhelming True. and you're like, oh, what? Um, but sometimes it's good when it's subtle, when it's easy. There's no believable. It's all made up, but mm-hmm. this didn't look like, a, you know, a, a Frisbee with a dome on top of it no. or something yeah. like that. Yeah, it was kind of its own thing and I appreciated the creativity there for sure. What did you think about the aliens? You just you like the way they look. Do you have any? I other like opinions? the way they looked. I did, you know, once <laughs> you again, it's hot. something. <laughs> I'm super attracted to them. I love limbs, so this was a big one for me. Um, <laughs> I don't know the, how many limbs they had, like seven or eight or something like that. Seven. Seven. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it, it was just, you know, you have to make a choice of how they're going to look. Yeah. And you have to show them. And I think that's a hard thing to do in a movie is show something that no one has ever it's ever seen mm-hmm. and then make it not laughable yeah, or something like that. And it's so sometimes, you know, so whether you're like signs where you make it look kind of like a person kind of mm-hmm. or this where it's just a completely out there sort of giant thing mm-hmm. or what like Annihilation where it's like kind of so mm-hmm. abstract that yeah. it, you can't grasp on anything. Mm-hmm. But I thought they did a good job and they I don't know, they move funny. And they had funny nicknames, and that's all good for me. <laughs> they kind of at first um, were making me think of um, like the hand in the Adams family, you know, just sure, like the, se- yeah. the severed hand um, walking around. Yeah, yeah. Um, but with elephant skin. Yeah, they're kind of revealed in a uh, sort of foggy atmosphere, so you mm-hmm. can't really see their whole shit. For yeah, a I love while. that they live in like the mist. Yeah, and Stephen King's The Mist. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. live in just the ending of the mist. <laughs> Wait, isn't the ending where they clear the mist with the fire? Yeah. Well, I think they did. They tried to do that in this, too. Mm. Well, yeah. <laughs> okay, touche. <laughs> they also go in there uh, into the spaceship with a bird, mm-hmm. like how miners do, to make sure that the atmosphere is safe. Mm-hmm. But they also go in in, like, super spacesuits. So yeah. if they're going to go in spacesuits anyway, then what's the point of the bird? They're, like, hazmat level, like, yeah. big comic like cloverfield hazmat suits mm-hmm. is what they look like mm-hmm. <laughs> some orange ones or something like that i don't quite remember yeah they were orange yeah <laughs> wait did you watch this movie <laughs> <laughs> but i like that I, you know it's just all i like it's not like an accelerated pace but 
Mm-mm. You're pretty quickly into Amy Adams is in here trying to communicate with aliens. This is like 15 minutes or something like that. Yeah. And we're already to what is the most interesting part of the story, which is great. Yeah. I think it's interesting that um, up to going to the ship, she was so confident and so cocky, you know, just kind of roasting that other professor. Um, she was being very cocky on the helicopter with her book. But then yeah. once they get to the ship, suddenly she's like about to puke. She's very shaky. She's very like, um, you know, the the sort of only woman in the film is the only one sort of struggling emotionally with what's happening. Um, yeah. I guess it's very, it becomes very real when you actually see the macadamia nut floating there. <laughs> Yeah, maybe so. <laughs> Versus when you're just like on a helicopter and mm. she's not like out of her element, but she's smarter than everyone she's encountering on the way there mm. and they need her. And then True. you get to this point of like, oh my God, I'm actually at the thing. Mm-hmm. I think they kind of treat her like a baby though, even though they've invited her there to be this expert, to be the only one who mm-hmm. can formulate communication with these aliens. I do feel like they kind of, yeah. They don't take her very seriously, and they kind of treat her like a baby for a while, too. They're very, like, militant about everything. Mm-hmm. This is the procedure. You are the cog in the procedure. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of like such an abstract, artistic type of thing to, I guess, try and discover and learn a language from an alien. Yeah. That they just, they also can't <laughs> comprehend it. There's a in not in, like, a bad, there's just a, a sum of, like, the maybe we blow up. You know, it's like, yeah. like, it's like, if we can't talk to it, we should blow it up and, yeah. then, and then like subtext the entire thing. What, she's going to talk to an alien? Why don't we kill the alien? They just like can't understand Kill alien, it ask all. questions yeah. later. Yeah. Exactly. And then they're like arguing with other governments about the same thing. Yeah. I want to see what's inside this alien. Yeah. <laughs> the guts. Could not imagine this happening right now. Definitely could not imagine this happening two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, would have been i can't imagine governments actually handling something like this too much paperwork yeah <laughs> too much paperwork too much money yeah. although i don't know all the all the hijinks our military is up to these days who knows i just yeah. saw a video of them testing out those uh jet packs uh, yeah right, the guy like flew from, from ship. a ship to an aircraft carrier <laughs> yeah. you like to think that if aliens showed up <laughs> if aliens showed up we would be like oh this is bigger than us. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like such a big, it's like discovering a new country and you're like, well, what are our fights are trivial because we found this whole other world. If aliens you'd show like, up, you'd to, like think. to think, but we wouldn't, <laughs> no. we wouldn't. It would be insane. Nothing will get done. Mm-hmm. We would, the wrong people would meet them. Yeah. <laughs> like mm-hmm. there's, there's just the, the limit, it would be a nightmare. Yeah. You know, uh, hate to agree, but have to agree. Yeah. So, So another thing my linguistics friend brought up, which I thought was a really interesting point, is that, um, I mean, she is a linguist. She is doing, you know, what she can to try and teach them a little bit of our language to do whatever she can to start communicating with them. My friend mentioned that there's no guarantee, really, that an alien species that comes here would have language the way humans have language at all because there's not even any other species on earth that do in the same way that humans do and you know traveling from however far away they came from you probably would need some form of advanced uh communication but in another sense their language their like quote-unquote language to human language could be like comparing human language to a bird song 
Like there are overlaps and things in bird song that look like language, but at the end of the day, they're kind of two completely different ways of communicating, you know? I always figured these, I don't want to spoil the ending of the movie. Um, Is (laughs) that okay? Yeah, you can spoil it. It doesn't matter. So the aliens came here because they want to help humans and, and humankind now because in thousands of years, they will need humans to help them. Mm-hmm. And so I always figured that a, maybe a reason that they picked humans was because, or they needed humans, was because they did have some sort of similarity in communication mm-hmm. that would at least allow them to get through to them. Like, we need help from someone. Well, they can at least kind of figure it out a little bit. It, it's a miracle that if there's other life in the universe, it would be as close to us as these aliens are in this movie. Mm-hmm. They're nothing like us, but they're closer than like any thing has any right given for being an alien yeah if you're just thinking pure chaos and the math behind it an alien's probably just a tiny cell yeah like if we find, but uh, so i always thought maybe there's a reason they picked humans and that part of what factored into that could be that they could communicate with them potentially it was part of god's plan yeah right that's why drake <laughs> is up there with amy adams in his wheelchair <laughs> They had to get one Canadian. Um, <laughs> I just assumed that they're not assumed, but like I always thought there's like, you know, a lot had to go into it and there we might be the closest match to them of anyone anywhere that they yeah. knew of that could help them. That could be true. Just like if we if, if humans needed to get something across to an animal and we saw all the animals at once, we'd be like, go to the monkey yeah. and try and get it to know what a hat is or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. Monkey then, at least has arms. Sure. Okay. He's looking pretty close. <laughs> yeah. So in the the terms of the alien scope of anything that could possibly ever be anything, maybe they're looking at us and then they look at like a planet that's just all trees. They're like, well, we can't really, you know, mm-hmm. they won't help us. They see a planet that's like all weird fish and like, well, we can't really, I guess we got to go talk to Forrest Whitaker. Our alien brother. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also think it's interesting when she is initiating conversation with these aliens. So like the room that they're in, is uh they call it the interview room a huge like vast space Mm -hmm. on this ship and they're separated from the alien creatures by like a big screen some sort of screen i don't know it Mm -hmm. looks like a tv screen and she's in that big old orange suit and she has a little microphone but she's just like whispering into her microphone so i was wondering how do they even hear her whispering i I assume it's projected (laughs) in some way um at least outside of who she is because they bring up the big lights they bring up the big boards they have Mm -hmm. like their weird little like uh pop-up comedy show set up and (laughs) i figured it's just through something like that there's a lot that i attribute to to like the uh, oh my god yeah except there was actually an audience there um abbott and costello can sell out and i always thought that you know there has to be something to why they chose because the they're mm-hmm. moving through time like we move across a field mm-hmm. and or in their across their weird big room. And so they yeah. had to be like, there's something to the humans that can at least do this with us. Yeah. Humans seem chill. That's definitely not what they would think. Uh, <laughs> they think one of the 12 groups of humans we land near won't try and blow us up. <laughs> the one who invited a woman to talk to us <laughs> might not blow us up if she is good. <laughs> yeah. And... um she does take her clothes off and do a high five with the alien too, which was pretty sick. For sure. Definitely <laughs> probably in the trailer. Probably so. <laughs> I mean, we know it is because we watched yeah, it. Yeah, we know it is. We watched it. 
they did put a ton of work into developing the language for this movie too, which is kind of cool. Um, the actual like script of it all was designed by an artist, and they created a whole logogram bible, which contained over a hundred logograms. Wild. Yeah, completely wild. Um, they had computer scientists who analyzed it to help provide like the analytical data points that they're bringing up throughout the film. They had three linguists that were consulted to help with the language stuff and also help design her office. And the sound files for the verbal language was also created by a phonetics expert. So, like, they really brought in the squad on this one to try and fully develop and research the language they were going to put forward. You got to appreciate that effort put in. I do think those are the little things that make it seem less fake. And it's going through because at least there's continuity to the world that's built. And I think that's what sci-fi needs to have is like they play within the rules of whatever they establish. Mm -hmm. These are what this is what can happen. Yeah. I always love when they especially in a sci-fi that that they go so hard in the research for it Mm -hmm. um, and making the points. Yeah. So, you know, once we see their writing, their bodies, their ship, everything, they kind of are figuring out that none of their stuff has any backward or forward orientation, and then neither does the way that they experience time. They're kind of all interlinked in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, And they bring up the Sapper-Whorf hypothesis in this film, which is a um, linguistic hypothesis, linguistic theory. So I have a little chunk on this theory because they do actually exaggerate it beyond what is accurate. (laughs) Um, But it is an interesting jumping-off point, so... I have a chunk about it. So the Sapper-Whorf hypothesis is a sort of theory that the language you speak influences the way you think. So this guy, Worf, was studying this group of people called the Hopi, uh, which is a Native American group who use verbs for many things that English speakers use nouns for, like thunder, lightning, storm, noise. They had verbs for all those words. So he theorized that the speakers of that language view those things as events in a way that English speakers don't because we view them as things, as nouns. So his theory was that they see those things differently than an English-speaking person would. But in that way, this theory would really only apply to your native tongue and not anything that was learned later. So this movie kind of takes it to when she learns their heptopod language she starts thinking differently because of that so it kind of takes this theory over the edge a little into like Mm -hmm. not really accurate but it's interesting i think that yeah that is a a very exaggerate yeah so the idea is is how the language you learn is influences your worldview or how you perceive the world Mm -hmm. but the way she starts to experience their language it changes how she literally exists. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> that is true. It, 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 it changes almost like the metaphysical reality of her existence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it almost opens her third eye. Yeah. <laughs> in that way, which is an exaggerated way, but it's a really fun and cool theory to, to ground and root the yeah. time perception of all of this in. Yeah, I agree. I read a couple articles by different linguists about this, and they all kind of seem like, well, they got it wrong, but like 
hey, linguist representation. Yeah. Like, that's so sick. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's some of my favorite sci-fi stuff is when someone interpreted or someone uh, 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 portrayed in the sci-fi understands it's a movie and they don't have to ruin it by saying it's not realistic. It's mm-hmm. still within the world that Arrival created and the rules that they play by, I feel like they're pretty fair under their own rules. Yeah. And that's really all you can ask. And how many movies do we get about linguists? Like, not many, right? The, there was the, the translator with Nicole Kidman. Um, <laughs> I actually don't even remember if she was in that or if that's what that was called. <laughs> Both of those are probably incorrect things. The Interpreter was maybe the movie. Uh-huh. And she's more of an interpreter in that movie than a translator. Okay. Uh, but the interpreter is Nicole Kidman, and that's the only one I can think of where language has anything to do with it. Babble, I suppose. A movie that I did watched without the closed captioning on, like an oh, idiot, no. and thought that was part of the art. So I don't know what oh, happened man, in it. That happened to I me torrented recently. it or whatever. I did the same thing recently. Have you seen the David Wayne movie, The Ten? No. <laughs> it's like um, ten short films or whatever mm-hmm. made into one thing, uh, and one of them's completely in Spanish. And uh, I was like, okay, this is a bit, right? They're doing a bit. Yeah. It's in Spanish. There's no subs. Okay. And then after a while, <laughs> you're like, this is a pretty long bit all in Spanish with no subs. <laughs> yeah. I- I'm so worried about that at this point. I watch uh, British shows with the captioning on <laughs> because I'm just worried I'm going to get tricked by the crown or something. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to get pranked by TV. Um, yeah. Man, what a clown you are in that situation. Don't want to be a crown clown by any stretch of the imagination. No way. (laughs) How embarrassing. Devastating, even. (laughs) For me alone in my living room. (laughs) If anyone found out. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. At first, when she's learning this language, we do see, like, these flashes of this child all the time. And, And for a while, we think maybe they are memories, but sort of they are, but sort of they're not. They're like future memories. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> like, how do you even describe what that is? Visions, mm-hmm. maybe? Um, but they are based in fact. I don't know. Because, like I said, the whole thing is that when you learn the language, you start to think like these guys do and they don't perceive time in a linear way. So as she learns their language, she loses her sense of time, I guess, mm-hmm. and is able to live in different times, timelines. I don't know (laughs) how to put that into words (laughs) complicated. So uh, one thing I thought about too is so the way they get into the spacecraft is like they're lifted up on this rafter thing and then at a certain point they just kind of jump and then gravity changes right and and it aligns them sideways. But they never show them getting out of the spacecraft, which could be really funny. It could be fun. <laughs> it's just people stuck to the side like a roller coaster broke down. <laughs> At a certain point, they just have to jump and like splat yeah. and hope they land onto the little um, pad thing. <laughs> you got to hope our aliens just let them out easy. <laughs> I picture them with like an actual like gravity button, you know, and it's yeah. kind of funny and comical. And they're <laughs> sort of pushing it with their thing. And he's like, <laughs> but he, he makes Force Whitaker trip every time. He's like, this is going to be hilarious. This is going to be so funny. This this guy's going to hate me. This won't backfire. They won't blow me up. No way. (laughs) These guys are just silly goofs. (laughs) They can take a goofing. No, but it could have been fun. In the bloopers. Come on. Give me a blooper of them falling out of the ship. I think the more serious the movie, the longer the blooper reel should be. Right? It's like the alien is like slipping on a wet floor and (laughs) everyone's laughing or whatever. Or forgetting its lines. (laughs) 
He forgot to say whoa. I know. He's like <laughs> drawing the circle and it's two it's not it's a square and everyone's like, Oh my god, this is so stupid. <laughs> we need alien bloopers for, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Despite everything that is going on and like uh the seriousness of, you know, we're meeting alien life, we're trying to figure out why they're here. They're sort of in competition with the other eleven locations uh that have space spacecrafts spaceships yeah they got to be the first to crack this shit it's a real space race going on yeah (laughs) a real space race and wouldn't you know of all the places they could have landed in the world there are like 200 countries they got at least one in the top three like you know like (laughs) (laughs) right they could have been anywhere how embarrassing it would have been if all 12 landed in canada (laughs) and it just a lot gets done yeah (laughs) i think there are two in america I noticed that they say there was one in Ohio on one of the news break things, but we never see Ohio. <laughs> it's just fine. It's not an election year. <laughs> just Montana? <laughs> yeah. Wait. Oh, fuck. That, I don't know. That's interesting. Um, so they have to kind of jump into getting to the, the real meat and potatoes of their questions before they're sort of ready because they're in a race with these other guys. So they just kind of have to run in and be like, What's your purpose here? Hope you understand the question. Right. They're very worried about like the implications if a different country. It, it literally feels like a nuclear race mm-hmm. is happening. Like yeah. an arms race is happening because they're worried about the implications of a different. It, it's such a, a, a militaristic paranoia. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, but whoever figures out the aliens are saying first gets a bomb or like <laughs> yeah. gets, the, gets the key to life and can be the be- biggest, best country or whatever. We don't want it's somebody insane. else to be the boss. Like the aliens would land and be like, there's probably different countries here. These people are so dumb. They've divided everything up. Yeah. So they, she asked them what their purpose is, and they say offer weapon. This was sort of foreshadowed earlier in the film when they are on the helicopter and Jeremy Renner's reading her like preface to her book. The quote was, language is the foundation of civilization. It's the glue that holds a people together. It's the first weapon drawn in a conflict. So in that part of the movie language is referred to as a weapon and uh in this part of the movie later now the same thing is happening happening but they don't understand that it's referring to language just that the word weapon is used Mm -hmm. so maybe the alien creatures used her own language to her did they read her book (laughs) There's, there's something so funny about the uh 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 not funny but like realistically bleak about the confidence with which these countries immediately hear the word weapon because it's sort of like a hear what you want to hear they're very ready to we don't understand anything they're saying we don't understand how they communicate we don't understand where they came from yeah we we think this probably is weapon (laughs) they probably mean you know even though language to language the word weapon has different levels of severity yeah like weapon means tool. I'm thinking, mm-hmm. and that's what this is. What they, I believe, they is what they the say. And this is like abstractly, they mean tool. Mm-hmm. This is the same thing to them, just like thing that gets thing done or something. Yeah. And we're like, well, what's the thing that does stuff? Oh, guns. <laughs> and America, the that is. that's definitely yeah. you know top of the old mind. Everyone's all heightened because China says weapon or whatever. Yeah, and they don't even know because all that was said was offer weapon, and they didn't know if it's a question or a statement or if they mean weapon like. We think of weapons or, like you yeah. said, if they mean could be a hammer. I don't know. Thing to do thing. <laughs> An alien came all the way here for a hammer. <laughs> so funny. He's like, look, do you guys have a, a nail clipper? 
because mine are dull. <laughs> yeah, that could be actually pretty funny. <laughs> so once China gets wind of the whole weapon fiasco, everyone cuts off their communication. And very China- funny scene of literally tur- literally turning the TVs screens off. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> all the screens just going black one by one. They were all leaving a Zoom room. <laughs> yeah. Literally just turning off their webcams. Yeah. Um, yeah. Goofy. All because China says they don't trust the aliens anymore and yada, 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 cut off communication with everyone else. <laughs> yeah. And and at that point, China gives 12 hours or they're going to explode the aliens. There's nothing funnier than a ali- <laughs> give an ultimatum to an alien. <laughs> like, like, they understand it. Especially just, a timed ultimatum to an alien right. species who does not experience Doesn't time. Doesn't perceive time. <laughs> yeah. You guys have 24 hours. Oh, to us, that's earlier. <laughs> yeah. oh, shit. <laughs> and I don't know. They kind of also portray it like uh, um, America's the only one being normal and trying to talk to these aliens. The other governments, like, like China's like being a, so crazy. There's like a couple like Nordic countries or whoever they're on the thing with that like, please don't turn off your Zoom. And they're like, we're neutral. <laughs> it's fucking insane. But also the immaturity that I would expect from people who, who whose lives are political. Yeah. And we never hear anything from, let's say, any other country besides China and maybe right. Russia. <laughs> yeah. I think they mention like Pakistan or one other country joins them in the ultimatum. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, who else did we America want us to hate the time this movie came out? Right. <laughs> um, all those countries are historically bad. We're good and normal. Yeah. And if you were a bad guy in a James Bond movie, you turned your camera <laughs> off in Arrival. I think that's an important thing to keep in mind. Yes. <laughs> And so also we're getting sort of bits and pieces of the news, like what's happening on the news in these times, that there are like riots, people are shooting each other in the streets, looting, Um, everyone's allegedly afraid of the aliens, although the humans are the only ones being crazy. (laughs) Right. The aliens are legitimately sitting still. Yeah. (laughs) Aliens couldn't be more chillin', and uh, the humans are just absolutely losing their GD mind. Yeah. Even, like, even their ships, they say, have zero environmental impact. So, like, they're literally doing absolutely no things harmful to us in any sense. You're a mirror away from not having seen them. Yeah. Also, when, like, early in the movie, before they come pick her up in the helicopter when she's asleep and, uh, like, the news is on TV, um, I just thought it was kind of funny that they're, the news people are like, oh, yeah, like, the world might be under attack by aliens. Like, we're not really sure. But also, like, the Dow Jones Industrial Average is plummeting and, like, the economy's <laughs> in a know. crisis. <laughs> it is. Some of the stuff is so bleak and has only become more bleak since then. I know. <laughs> because it's like, <laughs> it's... You t- it is it is just really really sad. Yeah, and that's some of that shit where you're like, I would love to hope that shit would be different or like. But you see it now. Yeah. <laughs> it's everyone is sick and dying, and they're like, the Nasdaq's up today, and you're like, oh that aff- that affects me. Yeah. <laughs> that changes yeah. my day. Norm McDonald <laughs> had a bit about that. He's like he's like I'm watching the news and the Dow Jones. They're like the Dow Jones is down, and you're like ah, I like up. <laughs> <laughs> Up, that's what I. That's what does something for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this does nothing for anybody if you're not rich. No. <laughs> so, yeah, it's pretty bleak and uh, hopeless, and unfortunately, probably realistic. 
um, what else happening on their news there. But because of all the like fear mongering that's happening on the news, somebody puts a bomb into the spaceship in the American soldiers or something. I think like, uh, which is like, how did they get in there with, it seems like not what was planned. It just seems like somebody was scared and took a bomb or some, when you watch a movie now, you can pick out where everyone was on January 6th. (laughs) And, bomb aliens because freaked out guy i know where he was and i know how his face was painted very true very true but i'm just thinking they're basically at like a military base right like yeah and military bases famously chill like super chill with the library card for bombs yeah famously just letting people kind of walk around they were some sort of soldiers and i think it's just kind of like the perimeter was so set so everything within that seemed more like a camp yeah and then it was just kind of like they just kind of quietly grabbed this thing and drove it in the jeep or whatever yeah nobody ever stops the jeep either or anybody what what do you want to be the guy who's Hey, what are you doing? Like, I'm, I'm busy. I'm at work, being in the military, and like, okay, yeah, yeah, you go ahead. I didn't mean to slow you down. Confidence. You just kind of do something. Everyone mm. assumes you're supposed to be there, especially in the military. You know, I guess you're absolutely right, and I'm always saying that, and I should have known. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always saying if you act like you should be somewhere, nobody will question you. Um, historically true for me. So yeah, uh, nobody stops them from putting a bomb in the ship. Um, that's pretty sick. But. Uh, Jeremy Renner and uh, Amy Adams have to go back in real fast to ask yeah. a clarifying question about the whole weapon scenario. Yeah. They don't know about the bomb, so they just kind of run in, uh, again, just running right into the, the ship. And yeah. um, I think the aliens give them like a whole a whole mess of their little circle language and then like high five them out of the ship just in yeah, time like to save Yeah, like a little panic ass. and then pushes them out when they see what's going on or understand, I guess, or yeah. already knew. <laughs> yeah. I think they had like a classic bomb with a countdown thing on it, mm-hmm. and uh, the aliens were watching that that uh, ticker go down. Yeah, they can also read time. Yeah, man, they, <laughs> if you can't perceive time, I bet watching a countdown like really <laughs> fucks with your head. Like it's just it's it's like Matrix code. It's so very sad that one of the aliens died when the bomb yeah. went off. Yeah, and it was sad in such a weird way because the way. It, I think it's just they kind of just let you know by the other aliens sort of saying something like mortality or something. He said or like, something like he started his death process. Death process, like yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, ah, no, don't be aware. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. Um, don't be cool with this. Yeah. You're not allowed to be cool with this. Be angry or you just want the aliens to blow them up or do anything. But they're, And then also they have Abbott or Costello. I don't remember which one dies, but. It's sad because you, you you like them. They're they're funny. They're, I mean, they're not <laughs> funny, but you're like, look at this guy. You know, they're giving high fives to the glass. It's funny. I mean, that's classic. They seem well intended, yeah. and you feel bad for them because they do. They come here with like good intentions. They just want to mm-hmm. give us a thing. They like don't hurt anybody. I don't um, like when non-humans die in movies. I think it's unfair because they didn't get to participate in the writing of the movie. <laughs> yeah, wish that they could have. Yeah, so they they've just been nice the whole time and then die for die for our sins, mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately. So they take away this screenshot of the whole bunch of circles that the aliens left for them, and sort of uh, do the whole like enhance enhance thing at the computer, <laughs> yada yada yada. <laughs> Figure out they're trying to give some kind of recipe for time travel, 
but they say you need all 12 pieces, but they can't get all 12 because nobody's talking to each other. Yeah. I mean, that's like a very in-your-face sort of thing. Like, very not even like a metaphor. They're just like, hey, if you guys would all hang out, you'd have the answer. And it's like, no, no, no. I'll figure it out on my own. Yeah. But I need to be the first who figures it out. Don't understand. Yeah. yeah. Um, and after the bomb and the threats, the ship lifts up a little bit off of the ground, like half a mile off the ground. So they can't just like go up on a truck like they have been. But Amy Adams goes to make more further contact and they send down like a little baby ship for her, which was cute. They like her. Yeah, they do like, like her. We got to be nicest to her. Mm-hmm. She's the only nice one. Everybody yeah. else is doing a bomb, giving us yeah. weird faces. So they fetch her, and when she's inside the ship, um, she's inside of their atmosphere. When that baby ship takes her up, she goes out into their little, into the uh, Stephen King's The Mist. Yeah. At this point in the movie, she's like fluent in heptapodes or whatever. Sure, fluent in round. <laughs> yeah, fluent in circles. Yeah. She no longer needs an iPad, and um, the remaining alien guy speaks to her that's when he tells her that the other alien died and stuff and at that time there's randomly subtitles so there could have probably been subtitles through the whole movie <laughs> yeah really it's it, it's almost like we don't get the subtitles till she can understand it right away but it's interesting that they put subtitles here and not on the mandarin later because they want us to be with her the whole time we're experiencing what her brain is going through yeah right we're seeing her like future memories and then here when she's talking to them we're with her because we're understanding them as well but Mm -hmm. later she speaks mandarin and we know nothing so just interesting maybe they think we should all be learning mandarin (laughs) maybe so and you know what they're probably right (laughs) i have once read something about the it's like the very very end of the movie right where um someone says something to her in mandarin Mm -hmm. and i don't remember exactly what it was they said but i remember that it was they had a back and forth about whether or not to subtitle that exact part and Mm -hmm. of course directors always want to leave it like as artistically vague as possible sure. and and i think that was just a choice that was ended up being made it's it, but it's some some quote about war or something i don't fully remember what it was the quote is in war there are no winners only widows but yeah the screenwriter didn't know that it wasn't going to be subtitled until he saw it um on screen what a move what <laughs> yeah. a move he also didn't know there were going to be aliens they they really <laughs> tinkered with the script in post they were supposed to be talking to the canary the whole time. <laughs> right. They took the bird up there and what? <laughs> Jeremy Renner didn't have a bow and arrow. There was a lot of stuff they didn't know was going to happen. Um, so when she's talking to the alien still on the ship, that's when we get sort of the, the plot twist of that she didn't know who this child was that she'd been seeing this whole time. That we have all thus far in the movie assumed was her daughter. Yeah. That had already come and gone. Yeah, so it is her daughter, but a daughter she hasn't had yet. So all the memories that we've seen are not past memories, but future Mm -hmm. memories because her brain is working in the way that their brains work. That's kind of a great twist, I think. I think it is. uh, Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. I I I don't think twists work that often in movies. (laughs) I don't know. Sometimes they diminish what has already happened. Yeah. Ocean's 12. (laughs) <laughs> For instance, uh, I don't know what, why I would even compare that to this movie of what they were <laughs> yeah. trying to do. What a pull. The two, the two highest pieces of art that I've ever consumed, <laughs> Arrival uh-huh. and Ocean's 12, yeah. uh, <laughs> both have this in common. But I agree that it's a good twist because it's also not like a dun 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 like you it's like a subtle, it's a it's a slow reveal mm-hmm. they let you kind of figure it out 
the alien doesn't say to her, did you know that in the future you you would have a daughter if you keep these choices? Does yeah. that change what you would like to do? Yeah. Like, it's it's just kind of <laughs> nice. And honestly, even if you don't get the twist, it's still great. Yeah. And then you sort of, like, reflect back on everything you've seen so far and mm-hmm. what's going on there. Yeah, I thought it was a it was a really cool twist. I don't know if I would want that power. Ability? Uh, no. No, no. Right. I wouldn't want to know what's coming, especially if it meant my kid was dying. <laughs> yeah, which is like the entire I mean, weight of the end end of the movie, I suppose. Yeah, um, too scary. Yeah. So that point is when they figure out this whole thing. Like everything sort of unlocks right then that mm-hmm. the weapon was the language. Her learning the language led to her thinking like this and being able to see the future and open time. There's so many parallels to you have not seen interstellar that i haven't really put together interstellar (laughs) which i I didn't love Mm -hmm. this which i do love yeah but it has a lot of similar like this must be because they perceive time like this so this comes in handy with this sort of thing but this i love i just never really thought about that how many things they have in common yeah Yeah. i gotta watch black holes in this interstellar has been on my list great score yeah get an even bigger speaker um, especially if you want to understand anything anyone's saying because they whisper the whole movie. Uh, oh, fuck, I hate that. I, I think it's, there's something going on with how we watch movies now where they're not mixed to be played at home, mm-hmm. but we play them at home. So it's like, so, 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 bam, bam. And you're like up and downing the entire time. Yes. You need like a button on your remote that's like, now it's action. Now it's yes. dialogue that you can Absolutely. just flip back and forth. And because, you know, most people probably live in apartments these days. Right. So, like, yeah. I'm constantly thinking, like, my neighbor hates me. I mean- oh, for sure. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Yeah. It. Uh, but I, this I love. This movie I love. Interstellar, I think, is... is, is I, I enjoy even bad, like, movies that swing hard at sci-fi. Yeah. And I don't think it's bad by any means, but... No, but it, it made some really bold choices. Yeah. And uh, I think they mostly paid off. Oh, in Arrival? For sure. Yeah. Interstellar, they have a funny robot, which is cool. Yeah. Arrival, <laughs> Interstellar got like a real Wally. Arrival, this is this <laughs> oh, is great. Yeah. I think it all plays together really well. I like that it just focuses only on Amy Adams' character because you could really, if you try to be too broad with this, you're going to lose your mind. Mm-hmm. If you try and react how everyone, or try and understand how everyone's going through stuff. And then you do get a little bit of like humanizing of the, the, the Chinese military guy. Which you knew was going to play a little bit because he's like a famous actor. And like, you know, you're like, you're not going to be in two seconds of this because yeah. I, I, I recognize you. Um, yeah. So, yeah, like right after that scene with her and the alien is when he comes into play that she has a future memory of going to some like gala and talking to him. Mm-hmm. And he, he conveniently comes up to her and says, like, I'll never forget that you called me on that day on my personal phone. And by the way, here is the 10 digit phone number plus the country code. <laughs> it's really, really like, you know, maybe it's some sort of he's English isn't quite it's, or like maybe he's, he's trying to figure out how to the Mandarin shield. I don't know, but it's it's convenient. It's so convenient. <laughs> and then he says, oh, and what you said to me on the phone? Well, here it is word for word. <laughs> what yeah. you said to me is my yeah. wife's dying words, which was what I said earlier in words there are no winners only widows so when she has this memory she's able to complete this task that he's telling her she did on that day Mm -hmm. and then therefore like instantly there's a press release that china's standing down as if the news had like a tap on the phone it's like instantaneous china's standing down they're not going to explode the aliens which is great yeah that's all you can really hope for from china (laughs) 
when she's speaking the Mandarin too, um, the music really swells right there, probably to conceal her um, Mandarin accent. That's probably not great. <laughs> well, that's kind of them. <laughs> I, you know, she's probably trying, but that's a nice thing to have done. Yeah. So after that, I think all the spaceships leave. This is kind of like the end of the movie. Like the spaceships leave. She figures out, you know, what was going on, what's going on with her brain now. Um, mm-hmm. At the very end, we get the child's father reveal of Jeremy Renner, which, of course, I felt like that was pretty. We saw that coming. Sort of the second you realize where that this is in time. Yeah. You kind of had to figure that out. Yeah. And, you know, classically, anytime there's one woman and one man in a movie, they will fuck. That's just kind of yeah. like what happens. <laughs> yeah. Much like real life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, they haven't really, throughout the movie, they were never like close like that. They have no chemistry romantically at any moment. And then suddenly there's just one scene where he says like three romantic things and you're like, okay, they fucked. (laughs) You gotta be like, well, you're working pretty close together on a thing that no one else has ever done ever. Maybe you'll find some emotional connection there. It's such like a big, you experience like this, such a crazy scale thing. Mm -hmm. And maybe you have something like that in common. So you want to have a kid. You're trauma bonded. Yeah. But earlier in the movie, there's some point where I don't remember what happened right before this, but she's coming out of somewhere and she's all shook up and she says, like, I know why my husband left me. And he goes, oh, you were married? And that's kind of the end of that scene. But I guess here when he finds out, you know, they're going to start dating now and he's going to find out that she hasn't ever been married and at some point figure out that he's the one who leaves. How do you deal with that? It's a real... uh, um chicken and egg situation (laughs) or what's it i think not chicken it's like a it's like a that in the matrix when he knocks the vase over when she tells him to not apologize she's like oh and you don't have to apologize and he goes for what and then he knocks the vase over Mm, and she goes mm -hmm. for that and then he's like i'm sorry and she goes i told you not to apologize but the real thing is uh would you have even knocked it over if i hadn't said anything Mm-hmm. which is a great scene and the matrix is yeah. a perfect film but this is this feels a lot like that like would these choices be made if you didn't know these choices were going to be made whoa man <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> getting all heady about which i think it. is how jeremy renner feels <laughs> about joining marvel <laughs> is he in a band <laughs> probably i think he is <laughs> I wonder what they're up to. I think everyone who's in the town has to think they're a rock star. Yeah. <laughs> that's just that's generally what I believe is. Everyone who's in the town thinks they're better at something else other than acting. Mm-hmm. John Hamm, oh, yeah. comedy. Mm-hmm. Mark Wahlberg, stop, stopping 9-11. Jeremy <laughs> Renner, music. Hell yeah. So I think that's pretty much roll creds. Like, I think that's the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. That we figure out they're going to be together and have this child who dies and he leaves her because she chooses to still have the child even though she knew the child was going to die because she didn't tell him. Right. He could have just the learned the thing, language on his own well, and figured it out. Well, when we're saying it like this, the whole <laughs> thing feels a little bit like a metaphor for eugenics and I don't love that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're not wrong. <laughs> Um, oh, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, moment of silence for eugenics. <laughs> and yeah, uh, you mentioned she didn't win any um, awards for this. And this was the only Best Picture Oscar nominee in its release year. 
that uh, was not nominated in any of the acting categories. So that's just kind of interesting. <laughs> the only one. <laughs> yeah, I think she got nominated in some of the lessers, but not in that. Yeah. And pretty crazy, but that's okay. Maybe some people did an impressions of real people, and so they had to get nominated. <laughs> we got to stop giving awards to impressions. <laughs> Hell yeah. All right, so do you have any like final thoughts about the movie, or we can go into scoring? Final thoughts about the movie. Anything we missed? Uh, Emma Stone won for La La Land that year. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> and then let's see how many people played real people. Uh, Natalie Portman, Jackie Kennedy, Meryl Streep, Florence Foster Jenkins in okay. Florence Foster Jenkins. <laughs> it's an impression. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't know. M- Meryl Streep, you can't be like, probably didn't. Yeah, she probably deserved to get nominated <laughs> for whatever that movie is. No one's even heard of the movie. <laughs> Yeah, how the hell did Meryl Streep win an award? <laughs> Can you believe it? <laughs> That's really fucked. <laughs> but she was great. Uh, Amy Adams yeah. is great, and she she was. Um, it, it's almost turning into like a. It's like what DiCaprio's thing actually was, where you cannot fathom how she hasn't won one. Mm-hmm. When DiCaprio was complaining about having never, he wasn't really, but everyone every year would complain about how he never won one. Mm-hmm. I was like, for what? He is great. Mm-hmm. He is undeniably great. But you can't give Inception an Oscar or like yeah, yeah. he didn't win for Titanic. He was nine. <laughs> he didn't win for Growing Pains. It's TV. But what are the other things that people really thought Leonardo DiCaprio should have gotten nominated for? Mm. He He's kind of only either played bad fun people or like been in movies. You, maybe like Jay Edgar. But it's, that's a bad and fun. Or uh, The Revenant. That is what he won for. Oh, is it? Mm. Yeah. And that one he just <laughs> fought a fake track. bear. <laughs> Tom Hardy scary, is the, the breakouts revelation of that movie acting wise but anyways Amy Adams shout out we've had a, a guest that was in The Revenant shout out to Josh Burge the bear oh no <laughs> the bear would be a get that would be a real get that would be sick <laughs> they don't do a lot of podcasts it's P-A-U-D for them or oh. P-A-W-D um, good. good one <laughs> I'm mad about it I'm gonna go <laughs> My dog just left the room. No. He's so upset. <laughs> well, he's just mad because he can't be on a PAW. <laughs> PAWD. <laughs> no, he's fine. <laughs> um, so those were your closing thoughts on the movie. <laughs> I think it's great and I think people should watch it. And I like the term dirty sci fi. Mm-hmm. Ex Machina. There's another one that falls mm, into my dirty yeah, yeah, sci fi yeah. category that I really love. Love that movie, yeah. I guess the most prevalent, which I haven't really seen, would be Black Mirror, is also mm. generally that a lots of times. Yeah. But I've mm-hmm. only seen one episode of it. Um, which episode? I, I watched an episode with my girlfriend who loves it, and mm. then we watch it, and she goes, that's the worst episode I've ever seen. <laughs> it was like uh, the guy from Sherlock was in it, and they're in like a car. He like takes an Uber driver hostage or something, and they are in a field in an Uber. Hmm. Doesn't sound familiar. I think I've that's seen all fine. of them except for the one choose-your-own-adventure thingy. Oh yeah, this uh, I can't remember exactly what happens in this one. He's like, That's right. he, yes, you know, <laughs> you don't have to remember. Techno- this is the one where technology <laughs> backfires. Uh, <laughs> but you know, I think people arrivals like every year. People talk about how the movies that won Best Picture are never the best movies of that year, mm-hmm. and I think that's generally almost always true. Mm-hmm. And I agree. this year, uh, uh, while I do think Moonlight is an all-time movie, yeah. And deserved to win Best Picture and didn't win Best Picture for about 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, I think other than Moonlight, I think that Arrival is... a Moonlight's a movie people remember forever and is mm-hmm. an important movie and is great and perfect. Other than that, movie, this is a movie from that year to see. 
You think so? Yeah. And so, all right, what do you think out of five? You think full five? It's five. This is one of my favorite movies of all time. Wow. It's a five. All right. Um, I think I have trouble fully forming an opinion about this movie, and that's unusual for me. Um, I think I love the aesthetics. I love everything they did with all of the sci-fi elements of this. Like we talked about the way everything looks, the aliens, the ship. Um, it's all very unique and creative and grounded um, to where it does feel like a, a more realistic universe and realistic depiction of what could happen in this scenario, which is really fun and cool. I don't know. There were just some things that uh, bothered me or I feel a little flat about. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't love the her and Jeremy Renner thing. I don't love that she was the only woman in this and that everyone kind of treated her like a dummy. Her yeah. attitude was a little inconsistent to me, just being so like cocky and, and confident at the beginning and then suddenly being like a baby. I didn't love those things about it. But they did think this out really well and uh, it was gorgeous. I'm going to go... I think I go three and a half on this one, but I think I'm in the minority here. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> They're all good points. They're all good points that, that I, I, I don't disagree completely with. I think I just justify because <laughs> mm-hmm. I like the movie so much. Yeah, but I did love the aliens. They were they were sick. Great aliens. <laughs> they were yeah. cool. Um, the aliens ripped. <laughs> so, and yeah, you said you would definitely recommend this. I would say, yeah, it's probably worth a watch. Now it's time for Scream Vomit. So in this part of the pod, we just talk about whatever else we've been watching recently, like any other movies or shows or whatever, which we've kind of talked about throughout. But um, so what you've been watching? Well, if you've heard of Jeremy Renner, mm-hmm. I watched the show <laughs> Hawkeye. Um, it was pretty mm-hmm. fun. Yeah. I, I've been watching. I'll generally be watching TV shows that don't make me feel any which way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Marvel's pretty solid for that, although they can get kind of emotional. Yeah. Um. Uh, and then I started watching Ted Lasso because someone got me the Apple thing for Christmas. What do you think about that? It's funny. Yeah, I haven't there watched are, it. There are no stakes. I've heard a lot about it. There's no stakes. Maybe even on uh, your podcast. Probably. We, we did an episode. We did. We, yeah. we talked about Ted Lasso mm-hmm. a little while. But there's, it's not that there's no stakes. It's just so wholesome. Mm-hmm. That you know, even when stuff goes wrong, it'll be fine. Mm, okay. So it's it's fine. It's it's funny. Sudeikis is good, and they talk about Kansas City a lot, which is fun, because mm-hmm. uh, that's where I'm from, and that's where he's from in the show. So yeah. there's lots of in real life. So there's lots of like Kansas City references, but it's mm. it and is, then you do the Leonardo DiCaprio meme, and you go, oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm pointing every time My there's like home. a barbecue hat. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, that's not a real barbecue place. They combined like I'm talking to my girlfriend like an insane person. I'm like, you know, uh, Arthur Joe's is actually two barbecue restaurants combined, and she's like, can you please shut the fuck up? <laughs> it's got to be so annoying um but that's pretty much it i can't remember i rewatched one episode of the sopranos to do a sopranos podcast and i was like oh it's the best thing that's ever existed and <laughs> i've never watched the sopranos it's worth it you don't need me to sell you on the sopranos i might get canceled for saying that out loud <laughs> <laughs> i think you'll be all right um i think that's about it i'm not really watching I've done this thing recently, and this is advice I'll give to anyone listening. Okay. If you don't know what you're going to watch, don't get on the apps and start just scrolling. Yeah. Think about what you want to watch and then find where it is. And you might have to rent it for $2, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. 
I was like, what do you want to watch? We're thinking, I'm like, wasn't, in my head, I'm like, wasn't Ryan Reynolds in like a vid- fake video game thing or some movie? And I couldn't mm-hmm. remember. And then I just looked it up and just rented that. And it was called like the new guy or free guy. Free guy. And it was funny and good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just a thing that existed. And I didn't stress out scrolling on Netflix yeah. or whatever. It was like yeah. two bucks. Just do that. It'll see, you'll feel better. <laughs> just think about what you want to watch and go find it. That's why I love Letterboxd. Do you use Letterboxd at all? Or do you know what it is? I do not. I think it's like Zanga for movies. <laughs> that's what well, it is in my head. That's one way to think about it. <laughs> um, yeah, it is sort of like a movie rating social media sort of thing. But it also is very functional in keeping track of watch lists and you can make lists for different moods or whatever you want to make lists for. And you can also just keep a general watch list, but you can also sort the data by any, like a bunch of different points. So you can be like, I want to watch a movie in French from the nineties that's sure. streaming that's for fun. free or whatever. And it'll yeah. just pull up the list for you, whatever's in your that's watch great. list. So that is uh, huge for me. It's daunting to just get on your Roku or Apple TV and be like, what do I want to? Yeah, no, that's too much. <laughs> so, but, but I guess all I'm watching now is, is Ted Lasso. Okay. And no, no other shows. No, I thought about watching the expanse. I don't know what that is. It's an Amazon show that I've had multiple people tell me is the best sci-fi they've ever watched. Whoa. <laughs> and these are like Battlestar Galactica, like crazy Nerds. people. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So I bet it's really boring. <laughs> I bet it feels like a fucking book. But yeah. <laughs> that's all right. I like that. It's hard to keep up with shows these days. I mean, there's it just is. so many. Yeah. I don't trust I, I I don't trust some streaming services if their thumbnails look a certain way. <laughs> that's fair. I also it looks too poppy. I don't trust most people who tell me to watch anything. Sure. <laughs> too. Which doesn't help. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to watch Ted Lasso for a long time cuz so many people told me they're like, you're funny like he is. Or like, you make jokes like he does. And I'm like, I don't want to watch the show and find out what you think of me. Oh, no, I hate that. Because I'm a musician, too. And people always yeah. go, oh, you sound just like this band or whatever. And it's always like right. the worst thing ever. Right. right? Yeah. <laughs> you listen to him, like, I fucking hope I don't sound like yeah. this band. <laughs> yeah. So, same thing. You do, that's the worst part about people telling you to see something is when they tell you it's for you. Yeah, no, hate that. <laughs> I also find I'm pretty precious with my watching time because I love watching movies. I want to watch as many as possible. But I think most people, or not most people, but many people are kind of keen to sit down and watch a lot of garbage that's maybe a little sure. good, you know? Um, and I'm a little more precious with my watching time. Than I'm that. the same way. Yeah. So, all right. So that's all you've been watching recently? I got a couple. Yeah. Okay. What are you watching? I've been watching some weird shit. <laughs> I watched uh, this movie from 1996, MTV's first movie, in fact, Joe's Apartment, with Jerry O'Connell, where he lives with um, some singing cockroaches. And it was... Okay. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of being precious with my watch time. Right, right. <laughs> but <laughs> it was um, actually really fun and funny and... Similar to some stuff that I see current screenwriters I know also writing. (laughs) So, um, yeah, it's called Joe's Apartment. It's on YouTube for free. And uh, it's stupid funny. Um, I watched uh, Andrzej Zulowski's Possession, 1981 film Possession. I had to buy a Korean bootleg DVD off of eBay. (laughs) But it feels great. But it's gorgeous. I've done the work. And it was a gorgeous film. And it's one of those types of films where, like, 
the actors go so hard you're like concerned for their mental health you know mm-hmm. um and in fact warranted concerns uh, i guess the lead actress like tried to commit suicide after the film oh, and Jesus. stuff it's very crazy and she couldn't work for like two years um but it's really good <laughs> uh worth it <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. If anyone else here has a bootleg <laughs> copy of it already, you should watch it. Yeah. It's <laughs> worth it to it uh, completely wreck your life to make yeah. a movie that is now only available via Korean bootleg. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was really good. Uh, recommend that one. I watched Shiva Baby. That's more of like a little indie, but it was pretty good. Very One of those like stressful movies where it's just a stressful thing yeah. and it's stressful the whole time. But it was oh done boy, a real Safety really well. Brothers moment. Yeah, yeah. Or you just yeah. like you want to sweat. Safety Brothers energy, but um, more wom- woman energy. I think it's a female director, great. and it stars women and they're gay. <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was pretty sick. I watched uh, this movie Wellness, which is another deep cut. Um, it's directed by Jake Mahaffey from 2008. It's streaming free on Vimeo on his Vimeo page. It's very indie, like, DIY film, but really well done. It's about a guy who is working for, like, a pyramid scheme, like, MLM thing. And uh, the thing he's selling, like, you kind of never really know what it is, and he doesn't know what it is, but it just keeps, like, spiraling and getting That's fun. worse for him and worse for him. It's really well done. I, I really liked that movie, Wellness. And last one I'm going to mention. Um, I watched this movie called Night Moves which is directed by Kelly Reichardt, who is a director I really like. This one has Jesse Eisenberg in it, and I think it's the uh, maybe world record for first time Jesse Eisenberg's been normal in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think I know what movie you're talking about. I actually do. Really? <laughs> He's just never normal, you know? No, he isn't. And uh, I always go, every movie you see, you go... Uh, he's doing the Jesse Eisenberg thing where he's like talks yeah. too fast and he's like weird. Um, but this movie's actually really normal and I was just shocked. He, he The Jesse Eisenberg thing could be described as the well actually of Michael Sarah impressions. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's the tweet yeah. replies of Michael Sarah impressions. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great way to put it. <laughs> But yeah, he was so normal, it was shocking, and uh, I really liked the film, Night Moves, and uh, only Kelly Reichardt could get that out of him, so yeah. uh, bless <laughs> Slow it. the fuck down! Like, <laughs> yeah. a, I've never been directed in that manner before. <laughs> Look, can you just be normal for once? Have yeah. you seen a normal person? Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's what I've been watching. That's me. That's great. So what you got to plug? Where can people find you? All that crap. Um, I'm on Instagram and Twitter as at Kyle Ayers. And kind of whatever I got going on at any given moment will be on there. So check that out. If you like movies, my podcast is called Never Seen It. I have comedians rewrite movies they have never seen. So, mm-hmm. yeah. It's a great pod. Thank you. That's the show, baby. <laughs> yeah. All right. So thanks so much for joining me. And uh, yeah, we'll see everyone else next time. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. Okay. Are you recording? Yes. Imagine okay. I wasn't after all that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were both going to count. <laughs> Never hurts to check.
Yeah, I want to preface if I if my nose starts bleeding, I had some face surgery, and occasionally it is like uh, just starts bleeding. It's very weird. No, that's awesome. But, well, so this dog, we found a dog running around our neighborhood with no owners on Christmas Day, uh-huh. and we called the number on the thing, uh-huh. and we're like, "Your dog, we found your dog." And they go, which dog? And it's like, I don't fucking know which dog. <laughs> which one is, is missing? I don't know which of your dogs this is. I don't know you. And so <laughs> they then just we're got like, a bunch know. of dogs, let them all loose, and just see, to see where so they end up. So we looked at the tag. Message in a bottle Jim. sort of thing. And I was like, I think we have Jim. And they go, both of our dogs' tags say Jim. And I was like, how the fuck am I supposed to know who, who what dog it is? And they're like, it's probably Daphne. And I said... Uh, it, I go, Daphne, and the dog got excited. I'm like, is it? so anyways, we go to their house, and we're giving them the dog, and everything, you know, is weird now with yeah. the spacing, and I have my mask on, but it's down, I'm in the car, mm-hmm. the do- door opens, and I'm just bleeding all over my, f- and I have to be like, <laughs> your dog didn't do this, and they're like, what happened? I'm like, don't, I, your dog didn't make me bleed <laughs> don't everywhere. Don't worry like, about Are it. Are you okay? And I'm like, please just take your dog. That's an incredible story. Yeah, she's a good dog, though. She's very scared. You feel bad for a dog. Aw. She was very, it was like a mile. You know, that's a ways away from, yeah. they're like fireworks and dog getting scared. Yeah. Anyways. So if I start bleeding, please know it's just from that. But it's been a couple days. Aw. Well, I'm sure that probably sucks for you, but I think it's um, probably badass. It's cool if you're like at like a, uh, um, Andrew WK concert. Yeah. And your face right just starts pleading. People are like, this is tight. Cosplay. He's liked yeah. him for a while, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Imagine you're cosplaying Andrew WK. You don't do the blood. And people are like, what are you fucking doing? <laughs> Who are you? Are you from The Used? 